cover the return into Egypt for Moses this week. And then the plan is for the week after, uh, I'll probably do something different next week uh, on Easter, but then the week following that we'll get back into it. We'll get into the ten plagues and all the things that go on uh, there uh, then. So, And then we'll look at the uh, Exodus and the Red Sea and the wilderness, and we'll try to combine some of these things together. But uh, I like looking through these things. This is one of those sections, though, that I guess as a kid I didn't hear as often. Um, because you get in the, 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 what the signs that God does and uh, the, the plagues and the different things are kind of the, the high point, I guess, of the story. Uh, but to be able to kind of see, um, I think, a very important part of the story here as well, where Moses comes back with, with Aaron. Come on, people. <clears throat> All right. Sorry, my... my Yes, everybody's, everybody's getting text messages because we have a group text message now. Um, anyways, sorry. Um, <laughs> this is an important story. This is an important part of the story, I think, that may get overlooked sometimes when you look at Moses and Egypt and all those kinds of things as well. Uh, uh, chapter 4, starting in verse 29, so at the end of the chapter. Uh, Moses and Aaron have met up. They have, uh, uh, God brought, brought Aaron to Moses And so now they're getting ready to um, head into Egypt together. Verse 29, Moses and Aaron went and gathered together all the elders of the children of Israel. Um, So remember, again, a lot of times when we're telling this to kids especially, we kind of skip over the fact that Moses went and talked to the leaders of Israel. He he didn't just go talk to Pharaoh right away. He first went and talked to his people. And uh, so he comes to his people. They speak to the leaders uh, the elders of the children of Israel, and Aaron spake, verse 30, all the words which the Lord had spoken unto Moses, and did the signs in the sight of the people. We looked at that last week, to throw the stick down, the staff down, it turns into a snake, pick it up, turns back into a staff. Um, the water uh, uh, turns into blood, and um, the hand of leprosy uh, as well. Verse 31, important phrase here, and the people believed. Uh, that's important because when you look at what's to come, even in today's message we'll see it, but we look at what's to come with the children of Israel, their faith lacked greatly throughout this journey to the promised land. And uh, to see that they started off in verse 31, that they believed what they were told, which is what? They believed that God spoke to Moses and that Moses had come on behalf of God to take the people out of Egypt. So they believed it. Which is important, because remember Moses said, God, they're not going to believe me. And God gave them the signs and the different things. Okay, so the people believed, and they had heard that the Lord uh, had visited the children of Israel, and that he had looked upon their affliction. Then they bowed their heads and worshipped. So what we see here is a message received. These people received the message that Moses had, that Moses had from God, and he came and he told them what he was sent there to do, And they believed, and because they believed, they worshipped God. Now, again, that's an important thing, too, when you think about these people, because it won't be too horribly long from now that they'll be out in the middle of the wilderness saying, Moses has been gone a really long time. Aaron, make us an idol. (laughs) Right? It's just, it's amazing to me to see um, how we know the stories. We know, we've, we've heard through the wilderness experience and everything that happens there but to see that in 
in, in chapter 4, they believed and they worshipped. Remember that because in a moment, they're not going to believe and worship anymore, uh, which is just nuts how fast they would change. But they received this message uh, from Moses, ultimately from God. And then we get into chapter 5, and we see that the message was rejected by somebody else. Uh, look in verse number 1. And afterward, Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. I like this question because it's an answerable question. Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice? Pharaoh here, remember this is a uh, Pharaoh that doesn't know Joseph, um, as, far, as, as, as a good bit after Joseph now. This is a Pharaoh that didn't really know Moses. I'm sure he knew who Moses was, but outside of that, he didn't have a relationship probably with Moses uh, a whole lot. And, uh, and, and we have this situation now where Moses comes before him and he says, the Lord says to let my people go. And Pharaoh says, I don't know your Lord. Who is he that I shall obey him? That's a question we ask as kids. You're not my mom, right? You're not my dad. I don't have to listen to you. That's what Pharaoh's saying. He's not my God. That's a bold statement. The reality is, is more than likely this Pharaoh didn't have any experience with the God of Israel. Uh, back when Joseph was around, everybody knew the God of Israel. Everybody understood uh, uh, to a degree of who that God was. But now we've come to this point where this Pharaoh goes, that's not my God. Why should I obey him? And, and honestly, it wasn't his God. And it's a somewhat fair response. Because the reality is, is why should someone obey God if he's not their God? Now, we, I think we know the answer to that, uh, because he's the only God. But, but the, the, the things that made sense to, in Pharaoh's mind right here, I don't worship him. Why would I obey him? And God was going to prove it to him. And listen, this is all part of God, right? He says in chapter 4 and verse number 21, he said, I'm going to harden his heart. Talking about Pharaoh. Um, God's not surprised by the response here of Pharaoh. But we see that, that, that question. He, he rejects the message from Moses. The elders of Israel received the message, believed it, and they worshipped. Pharaoh here did not, um, and he rejected this. Uh, he was going to prove a point, by the way. Verse number 6, Pharaoh commanded the same day the taskmasters of the people and their officers, saying, Ye shall no more give the people straw to make brick. I don't make brick by hand. Actually, I don't make brick at all. Um, but that was a pretty important piece of the job back then. And he says, we're going to take the straw out. They can't, they can't have any straw. So let them go and gather straw for themselves. they got to go find it themselves. Verse 8, and the tail of the bricks, which uh, they did make here, heretofore, you shall lay upon them. You shall not diminish aught thereof, for they be idle. Therefore they cry, saying, let us go and sacrifice to our Lord. And uh, let their more work be laid upon the men, that they may labor therein, and let them not regard vain words. Pharaoh said, these people, they're not working. They're taking a break. And now they're asking, uh, asking for a long break, that they can go into the wilderness and sacrifice to their God. 
He says, I'll show them. We'll give them more work and we'll make their work harder. And so he has this uh, laying on top of these, uh, uh, these people a, a nearly impossible task. Uh, it says there in verse number 13, the taskmasters hated them, saying, fulfill your work, your daily task, as when there was straw. And the officers of the children of Israel, which Pharaoh's taskmasters had set over them, were beaten and demanded, uh, wherefore have you not fulfilled your task in making break both yesterday and today and heretofore? So Pharaoh puts on them a task that's, that's nearly impossible. First he takes their straw away, and they need straw to make bricks. So now they've got to go find, find straw. And then they're expected to accomplish their normal amount of work, plus they've been giving more work, and they could not accomplish it. So then the leaders were being beaten and saying, why are you not turning in all the brick that you're supposed to have? So this is a message rejected, right? The elders received the message. God said, here's what's going to happen. They received it and they worshiped it. They go to Pharaoh and say, God said, let my people go. And in this case, it was let them go into the wilderness uh, for a feast um, to, to worship God. And Pharaoh said, no, 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 no. I don't answer to that God. He does answer to that God. He will answer to that God. But he doesn't realize it yet. And he says, why in the world would I do such a thing? Now, look what happens. A message returned. So received, rejected, and now returned. Look in verse number 19. The officers of the children of Israel did see that they were in an uh, in evil case. After it was said, you shall not minish aught from your bricks or your daily tasks. And they met Moses and Aaron and stood in the way as they came forth from Pharaoh. And they said unto them, The Lord look upon you and judge because ye have made our Savior a Savior to be abhorred in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of his servants to put a sword in their hand to slay us. This is going to be relatively common rhetoric uh, in, the, in the days to come here uh, for the children of Israel when they talk to Moses. Um, we're going to hear it right when they get into the, to the Red Sea. Why did you bring us out here to die? We're going to hear it when they get across the Red Sea. Why did you bring us out here to die? Um, and here they are with Moses. They're saying, since you've come, you've caused all kinds of heartache for us, all kinds of hard work, pain, beatings. Um, you, things have just gotten far worse. May God judge you for it. Why did Moses come? Why did Moses show up in Egypt? He came because God told him to come and take his people out. He came and told the people that they worshiped God. Things got rough. Now they're saying, I hope God judges you, Moses. You've made our lives rough. So, so we sit here and they're saying, um, let's, let's return that message to the sender. And so Moses does. Verse 22, Moses returned to the Lord. And he said, Lord, wherefore hast thou so evil entreated this people? Why is it that thou hast sent me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in thy name, he had done evil to his people, to this people. Neither hast thou delivered thy people at all. So Moses, he hears it from the, the children of Israel. They're mad at Moses. Since you've come, all kinds of bad things have happened. Moses goes to God and he says, God, you sent me here to deliver these people and there's been no deliverance. As a matter of fact, it's gotten worse. Now, I ask, have you been in that situation with God? God, you told me to do this. And I did it. It seems like things have gotten worse. I've been there. I don't know if you have or not. And you're sitting there and you're looking at God and you're going, God, 
You told me to do this. I did it. I obeyed. I did what I was supposed to do. Why, why is it not getting better? And not only is it not getting better, it's getting worse. And that brings us back to what we talked about this morning. Faith, pout, doubt, or hate. And that's where we sit, and we sit in that spot with God, and we're saying, okay, God, I obeyed. And listen, I've met a lot of people like this. Um, it happens a lot of time with uh, um, Christians who haven't faithfully studied their Bible and faithfully prayed, built a solid relationship with God. Um, so whether it's early Christians or just Christians who've been saved for a long time but never grew in their relationship with God. And they get to this point where they say, okay, I'm going to obey God. They hear a message or they read something and they say they see that obedience um, leads to, to life, leads to good, positive things from God. And so they say, okay, I'm going to obey God. I'm, I'm, a lot, and again, a lot of times what I've seen, it's been people who have been saved for a while but not really followed God. And so they say, okay, I'm going I'm to commit to it. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to witness the people, all these kinds of things. So they go out and they do that, and then things get rough in life. Maybe their spouse isn't on board. Uh, maybe it's a work issue. Maybe it's a, a provision issue. Maybe it's a health issue, whatever it is, that comes in, and they're going, wait a second, I obeyed God. I, I did what God wanted me to do. I went to church faithfully for the first time in years. I read my Bible faithfully for maybe the first time in my life. I've prayed like I'm supposed to. I've witnessed other people, and, and only bad things have come from it. And so what do they do? They go back and they say, this isn't working. I'm done. That's what the children of Israel did. They believed Moses' message. They worshiped God. And then in the next chapter, we read of them going, we don't like this. We hope God judges you. And listen, as a leader, <laughs> that's not something you want to hear. <laughs> People go, we hope God gets you for this. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's not good. That's not pleasant. Uh, and Moses, he goes to God. As we see this consistently, by the way, in Moses, this is a positive thing, where the people come to Moses and they complain, and Moses takes their complaint to the Lord. And he says, God, he's, he's honestly curious too. God, you told me to come. I came. You told me to deliver the people, but there's been no deliverance. I don't read a bad attitude of Moses here. Maybe he did, but that's not the way I read it. I just hear him saying, God, why? And I don't believe it's wrong to ask God why. It's in the heart and attitude in which you ask it. But it's not wrong to say, God, why? God, can you grow my wisdom, my knowledge? Can you help me understand? And sometimes God will, and sometimes God won't. But the reality is here is we see this just this quick change of the people. Things got rough. Mm, no, we don't want anything to do with this. And we know from the story that they consistently did this. Anytime things got rough, should have just died in Egypt. I don't get it. Because, <laughs> again, they got to see some incredible things, and yet they, was, and they hadn't seen I mean, They saw some things, uh, we're told in Chapter 4, but... They're about to see some incredible things. I still can't imagine crossing the Red Sea on dry ground and then ever doubting God in any way, shape, or form. But they did. And again, I, there have been things that God's done in my life that should, that should keep me from ever doubting God. And I do. I, I, I get that aspect. But I still just go, how can you walk through the Red Sea on dry ground and, and at any point go, well, this has been a waste. <laughs> you know, I mean, come on. But anyways. 
So the message gets returned to God ultimately here in verse 22 and 23, and that brings us into chapter uh, 6. And verse number 1 ultimately is the answer. It says, Then the Lord said unto Moses, I love this, Now shalt thou see. God was setting up uh, what was to come. And God knew his people, and he knew what they were going to do, and God knew that they were going to be wishy-washy on their faith. And God was about to show them, but he also was going to show Pharaoh who God was. Remember Pharaoh asked at the beginning of chapter 5, who is the Lord that I should obey him? Well, the answer is in chapter 6, verse 1, now shalt thou see. I'm going to show you who I am. And I'll tell you something. May we grasp when God is showing us who he is. May it click with us. God is showing me who he is right now. And when he does, I mean, hold on to it. Learn it there so you don't have to learn it again of who God is. But look at the, a little bit further in here. Verse uh, number 1. Now shalt thou see what I will do to Pharaoh. For the, with a strong hand shall he let them go. And with a strong hand shall he drive them out of the land. And God spake unto Moses. And he said unto him, I am the Lord. And I prepared... Uh, I appeared unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob by the name of God Almighty, but by my name Jehovah was I not known to them. And when he goes in and talks about um, uh, I will be their God and they'll be my people, it's a, it's a different relationship with God than what they've had in the past. Verse 4, uh, I have, uh, And I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage, wherein they were strangers. And I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage, and I have remembered my covenant. Wherefore, say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out of the ten, uh, the, under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will rid you out of their bondage, and I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgments. And I will take you to me for a people, and I will be to you a God, and ye shall know that I am the Lord your God, which bringeth you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will bring you in unto the land concerning the which I did swear to give it to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, and I will give it to you in a heritage for an heritage. I am the Lord. In these eight verses, we see God say, uh, Now shalt thou see, he says, verse 2, I am the Lord. He says in verse 3, you, they are going to know me by Jehovah, a name which they, was unknown to them. He says in verse number 6, I am the Lord. He says in verse number um, 7, I am the Lord your God. And he says in verse number 8, I am the Lord. He is telling Moses to tell them, this is who I am and this is what I'm going to do. And we come to this understanding, and again, we know the story, right? Or at least most, most probably do, of what's to come here for Pharaoh, for Egypt, for the Israelites, all of those sorts of things. But these eight verses in chapter 6, to me, point out everything that's important, that God wants everyone to understand, that God wants everyone to see, this is who I am. And to the Israelites to say that I, I appeared unto Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, that, is, that means a lot to the Israelites. That, that's a big deal. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, and honestly it should mean something to us too. 
But he says, to those three, they knew me as God Almighty. Now I'm going to introduce myself as Jehovah. And understand that, that he's telling them who he is. He's preparing them for their weak faith. This is who I am. I made a promise, and now I'm going to fulfill part of it. I remembered the covenant that I made with Abraham and with Isaac and with Jacob, and now I'm going to put it into place with these folks. And so he says, I'm going to bring you out of Egypt. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to bring you into, not just out of, I'm going to bring you into a land which I've prepared for you. And again, we see the, we see the Israelites and their, their weak faith. And listen, these people, they, they didn't have strong faith to begin with. It wasn't being taught in the way that it should have been. Um, it, I think it was still being taught, but not as, not as strongly as it should have been. They've been influenced by Egypt. Um, they've been around a long time now in Egypt, so they've been influenced by that. And listen, that's what's happening with, with the generation in America right now. They're, the kids are hearing stuff, but are they being trained? Are they being taught? Are they being put on solid ground? Or are, they allow, are we allowing the world to influence our kids and to influence younger generations to where now when they, they know a little bit about God, but they don't, they don't know God? And God says, these folks, they've heard about me. They've heard about my appearance to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Now they're going to meet me. Oh, that's powerful. So he tells them, this is who I am. And when we look at what God does in the deliverance out of Egypt, which we'll dive into uh, the next time we come into this, um, we're going to get to see who God is. Just like Pharaoh got to see it. Just like the children of Israel got to see it. Just like Moses continued to get to experience it. I am the Lord. And, uh, and here's what I'm going to do. It's wonderful stuff.